I look at the top and it says DNA relatives. So I click on it. All of a sudden, there's someone, boom, half sister. I don't know this person. I have no idea who the heck this person is. Hello, you are listening to NPE Stories. This is a podcast where NPEs can share their story. I am your host, Lily, and I found out I was an NPE through an ancestry DNA test that changed my life forever. NPE is a term that stands for not parent expected or non-paternal event. This means that one or more of our parents are not who we believe them to be. NPE Stories is a podcast where NPEs can share their story of what their original family was like, how they found out they were an NPE, and what their journey has been like since the day they found out. Welcome to episode 103. Today I am speaking with Mendy. Hi, Mendy. Hi, Lily. How are you? Thank you so much for having me on. You know, we are, we're friends. We're friendly in the NPE community. Yes, we are. So I, I know you and I'm I'm grateful you are on today so I get to hear your your full story. Do you remember our plan? Our plan to oh, bombard our half siblings? I, I was telling my wife about it last night and she thinks it's the funniest thing in the world <laughs> that we came up with this. <laughs> she, yeah, but you know what? That also just uh, you know uh, is an, is a uh you know, talks to the the connection that NPEs and MPEs have with each other. Automatically, we're connected, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just easier. And we just, we get it. We just we get, get it. it. And I want to thank you, by the way. And I know everyone thanks you, you know, every week, my wife and I listen to your podcast and it has created a uh, multiple conversations for us. My wife has a different view of my situation, how I feel. She's extremely supportive. And a lot of it has come from from your podcast. So, you know, keep mm, doing what you're doing. Yeah. It's amazing. I was shooting to be 100, but I'll take 103. Oh, that's great. <laughs> right. Oh, that's so great that your your spouse is so right there with you. I mean, that, that's the, that means the world when you have the support of your spouse and that she she understands. I have the same situation where my husband will listen to the stories and be like, oh my gosh, these yeah. families, I can't believe what everyone's going through. I couldn't imagine. And I, you know, I hear the stories and my heart breaks for people who don't have uh, a supportive spouse or a spouse or, you know, some, you know, it's later in life and they're not able to engage or try to engage with the families. It's just, it's so hard. And it means so much just having that person there yep. to just talk to. Yep. You know, but I should say briefly, just because I did mention it, I think our plan was (laughs) loosely based around the fact that, um, you know, I have some half siblings that an entire family that does not acknowledge my existence. And I know where one lives in Chicago. And we were planning on going to a coffee shop in Chicago one afternoon, telling her I will be at this coffee shop on this corner if you want to drive by and look at me and see see what I <laughs> see how threatening or non-threatening I am if you want to come talk to me and then just kind of be there for like 6 8 hours and see if she shows up and actually wants to meet me and then we were going to I think you were going to support me with that one day and then I, we were going to do the same 
for your well i mean sitting for eight, six eight hours in a coffee shop by yourself doesn't sound like fun at least you know at least we'll be together and we can have uh you know coffee and uh, as soon as as soon as it, one of them walks in we can the other one could just be like all right good luck yep, <laughs> and, yep. they're here and then have some and then have someone to vent with or celebrate with you know it's uh that's that I think is also key, right? Is being there for each other in any way we can. In some cases, you know, uh, our spouses are there for us. In some cases, uh, you know, organizations throughout our community are there for us. And in some cases, podcasts are there for us. Mm. And th- this, you know, these things are all tools in our toolbox to help us, you know, repair and and grow. Yeah. And thank you for your, sir, you and I are on, I won't mention the advocacy group, but you and I are both doing service work in the NPE community. So thank you for, for what well, you do I mean, as well. It's, it's honestly, when it ha- once it happens to one of us, you know, you just, it, it's so hard to, it's a, it's an elephant in the room and you can, you know, everywhere you go, it's constantly there. And so we need to figure out ways it's an, and it's a new I don't want to say phenomenon, but it's a, it's a new situation, right? It is. For a lot of, for the, for, you know, the communities and uh, figuring out ways to deal and support with people. I think it's important because you're, we're literally on the ground here yep. in the front line working. So, um, and thank you for your, your service yeah. and everything you do as always. Yeah. <laughs> so Mendy, I need to hear the background story of you today yes. or, or whatever you're willing to share. So I'm, I'm here to record and listen, and we'll just let you take it from the beginning. Wonderful. Well, thank you. I I was born uh, back east uh, in the New England area in 1981. Right. Um, I was very lucky. I grew up in a nuclear family: father, mother, brother. Well, I didn't have a sister. I had a sister from previous things. I had a pretty privileged childhood. I did. I definitely did. We were members of a country club. Um, I was, you know, never had to worry about, you know, when the next meal was coming. So, you know, I'm acknowledge that I grew up in a very privileged situation. I grew up in a, a Jewish home. Uh, mind you, it was culturally Jewish, meaning on the high holidays, we would go to synagogue. Um, but definitely there would be times on Yom Kippur where a bacon double cheeseburger would be eaten. And so it's not something that... Um, you know, really rule, ruled our life, but I did go to Hebrew school, um, and I grew up in a, with a Jewish upbringing. My birth certificate father's family came from Eastern Europe, so you know, a lot of them spoke Yiddish. Uh, a lot of them had lived through pogroms and you know, anti-Semitism, which um, is one of the reasons that. You know, they they separated from Judaism. Um, they're always we're always connected to it as an identity, but you know, weren't openly out there. Um, and you know, my grandparents named their kids very North American non-Jewish names um, because of everything they experienced back in in Eastern Europe. I had a brother uh, who was 19 months older than me. Um, you know, he and I pretty much were, you know, constantly either either we were fighting or we were, or we were loving, right? We were always playing sports, but somehow it always ended with a black eye for one of the two of us. Um, <laughs> so we got along. I would say it's, it was a normal sibling relationship. You know, it was always interesting. I was, you know, blonde hair and blue eyed. Now, mind you, my mother grew up not Jewish. 
she grew up in a uh, Christian religion and converted um, when she met, you know, at a young age, when I was at a very young age with my, uh, my brother and, and me, because it was important to my dad's family that at least she has that connected to her. Um, it was always blamed on my mother's side. Oh, I got the blonde, the blonde hair from her side, or I got the blue eyes from her side. Uh, it was definitely not something on my birth certificate father's side. He was very jet black hair, uh, you know, dark eyes. And I literally looked absolutely nothing like him. Um, my father was a worker, right? He grew up, uh, in a very, uh, lower, lower middle-class family where they struggled to survive. And he never wanted that for himself. So he was a hustler and he worked very, very, very hard. And, you know, he built up his business multiple times. Um, I like to say he was a millionaire multiple times but divorced multiple times. <laughs> so he became a millionaire and then would get divorced and lose half of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had, he had previously been married before meeting my mother. Um, in his previous marriage, they had three children. All three were adopted um, because his previous wife wasn't able to conceive. Um, it's quite a, uh, an interesting um scenario because the previous family, the adopted kids always looked at me and my brother as um, the favorites, right? Or because we were his actual blood kids, his actual kids. Um, And, you know, they always had their trauma because he left their mother for my mother. So they were always uh, had a negative connotation when it came looking to us. Me and my brother always, you know, and still to this day, see them as full siblings. We don't look, we don't look at them differently. In no way are they um, less than us. Um, in actuality, they're all, you know, at least ten or fifteen years older than me. So I always look up to them and, and trust their advice. So, you know, but they always had that feeling towards us. Now, in our own family. I always felt my father favored my brother. Um, When my dad and my mom got divorced when I was six years old, we used to spend weekends with my dad, uh, my birth certificate father, every, you know, every other weekend or every third weekend, whatever the agreement was. And we would go and we'd go to where my dad's girlfriends, my dad had a lot of girlfriends. (laughs) He was, he was a very charming and, um, you know, really loved the company of a partner at all times. Mm-hmm. So once they got divorced, it wasn't long. He had, he was staying at a girlfriend's house. So we would always go to their house and it was my dad and my brother would always kind of go off and do something together while I would stay and hang out with my dad's girlfriends. Now I always attributed it to, Oh, I'm just following in his footsteps of wanting to be in the company of a pretty lady. Um, whereas he, I think was more now looking back, they just were more connected. Now I don't believe that he ever knew, but I still, you know, it definitely, um, in the end is something that has always weighed heavily on my mind. My father had always said that his work is his mistress, right? 
Not that he had a mistress, but his work is his mistress. He would come home very late at night, leave very early in the morning. Uh, during work days, didn't have time for us. We would maybe spend Saturday together, but Sunday he would be back at the office working. So we pretty much got raised by uh, my mom and a nanny, right? Um, so like I said, I was I was quite privileged to be able to have uh, at least you know a mother and, a, and another person involved in raising me. So when I was six, my parents got divorced. Uh, my mom at seven or eight uh, remarried another man. Um, and that moved us to where we are now in Canada. Now, at that time, uh, I started to feel as if, you know, I just didn't connect with my my birth certificate father. And I still, you know, at six or seven years old, I just felt, I just felt that there was no connection, but I always, always, always wanted his uh, approval, which is something that weighs on me heavily still to this day. Later in life, he and I started to connect. We only really connected when it got to a place where I said to myself, why am I chasing for his approval? I'm an adult, I'm successful, I have a wife, I have kids, I don't need his approval. And once that happened, I feel as if a switch happened in our relationship where we started to connect and we started to have deep conversations and we really started to, it was, you know, in his final years of his life were, were I would say in the last seven years of his life were probably the best years he and I had together. Um, even though we lived far away, it was, we always were connected. Now I always would ask my birth certificate father, what is the history? I mean, I tell you they're from Eastern Europe and, you know, we're Jewish. So I always wanted to know the history, you know, maybe there was family who, who perished in the Holocaust or, um, you know, a lot of East, uh, Jews from Eastern Europe have connections to, you know, different, uh, parts of Europe. And I always wanted to, you know, I always wanted to learn about that. What cities? I wanted to go visit those cities, maybe see something. I don't know. It was always something that was in my, in my kishkas, as we say, in my guts. Um, when, when I would ask my father, he would say, I don't know. We're from, we're from, uh, Belarus or something like that. I don't know. If you want to know, go ask, you know, your aunt. And I would ask my aunt and my aunt says, I don't remember. Go ask your father. So we kept going, they kept going back and forth. No one knew. So it always weighed in the back of my head, like, where exactly are we from? Okay, I get it. We're from Eastern Europe. And on my mom's side, I understand she's from, she's, you know, uh, European, but, you know, they've been in the United States since, since, uh, you know, the Mayflower, right? Like, you know, I think all my, my female cousins are all daughters of the revolutions, et cetera, or whatever mm -hmm. the group is called. And so they're definitely, you know, there's definitely a history on, you know, my mother's side, but on my father's side, it was always this question mark. Now he was quite healthy. Um, I mean, when I say quite healthy, I mean, he had two or three heart attacks throughout his life, but, you know, we always knew it was a, there was a heart thing. So we always kept an eye out as, as we grew up. Um, and even my brother has a, a bit of a heart murmur, I believe. Um, but, you know, this was always something that I always wanted to know. I want to fast forward a bit to COVID. Uh, COVID, you know, has turned everyone's life upside down. Mm -hmm. uh, including multiple people in our community. By our community, I mean NPE, MPE community. And mm -hmm. I'm one of those. Um, you know, we, we got sent away to lockdown in March. <clears throat> I, I furloughed 
my job for three for three months, and I became a at home teacher for my kids. Now my wife is a teacher, a full time teacher, so she was upstairs teaching on Zoom, which is extremely hard. Yeah. So shout out to the teachers who have done just amazing work yep. during this time. Um, I've always considered them frontline workers. I know that they're not technically considered frontline workers, at least where I am, they're not considered frontline workers, but they definitely are in my books. Yeah. And after teaching my kids for a day at home, <laughs> I, have <a> new, <laughs> I have a newfound appreciation for them. Uh, you know, I, I, I definitely, uh, I saw a, a, a meme or memmy or whatever they whatever they call it. Uh, I saw one and it said that uh, unfortunately today the teacher got fired for drinking on the job, and I'm that teacher. <laughs> so <laughs> it was it was definitely an experience. I feel bad for my children that they had to go through it, mm-hmm. but you know we're all at home. Everyone's freaking out. No one knows what this virus is, what it's going to do, who it's going to attack, who it's uh, who's. It's going to hurt who it's not going to hurt, false information. And, but one thing that I did see was, uh, you know, things about um, pre existing conditions, or if you're, if you have, um, uh, if you have a certain susceptibility to something, you know, you're going to, you have a worse chance. I don't know. They came up with all these different assumptions of what it was. So I just said, you know what? Like I asked my parents, uh, you know, on my mom's side, you know, they're, they're, they're from the farm, so they're as as thick and they're not having any problems uh, health-wise. Uh, my dad said we never knew, right? We didn't know. So maybe there was a gene or something that, you know, makes us more susceptible. I don't know. So I went ahead and ordered the, the 23andMe with the health profile. Yep. Thinking that, you know, it may, it may give me some answer of that. And you know what? By the way, it'll also let me know, like, where in Europe they're from. You know, and I, I told my mom about it, and she's like, "I don't think it's a good idea. What do you, what, what difference does it make? Stop being ridiculous. You know, uh, you're not going to get COVID, etc." Anyway, I didn't take her her advice, and I went ahead and did it. Spat in the tube. The only time I stepped foot inside anywhere during that that lockdown was to send it back. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, then I was one day with the kids downstairs teaching. And then I got the email, bing, you know, 23 and me, your results are in. Now my mom, my wife had said to me that, you know, she wants me to wait for her because she wanted to do it together. So she can, she, you know, this is exciting to learn where you're from. It's an exciting part in your life. And so after, you know, I said, you know what? Okay. So it came in and I ran upstairs and I, you know, I'm excited. I get very excited very easily. <laughs> so <laughs> I literally burst into the room. I'm like, they're ready. They're ready. It's ready. It's ready. And she's literally, I all of a sudden look and I'm in the background of her classroom and all the kids are looking at me and I'm like, all right, you're in class. <laughs> and so she said, I'm just about finished. I'll be down in a minute. So I go downstairs and, you know, I'm just sitting and waiting. And my kids at this point in time, I've moved them over to iPads and TV which I called recess uh, <laughs> recess slash afternoon class slash rest of the day. Um, so it, at this time, and then all of a sudden, you know, about five minutes later, my wife came downstairs and she's like, okay, let's go. Let's see. And I click it. So I click it, I go in and I see, you know, all the stuff that I expected from my, from my mom's side, you know, 
15% French, 10% British, 5% Irish, pretty much everything I expected, right? I always had known they were very good at, at genealogy on that side of the family, right? They would, you know, always had family trees, etc. Um, so I always kind of knew that part. But what was really interesting was 55% Italian uh, from Italy. And I was like, jeez, man, the hell is my, my dad has been running around telling everyone he's from Eastern Europe. The guy's from Italy. <laughs> and so I was, you know, I look at my wife. She's kind of got this, you know, weird look on her face. And I don't, I'm not still not registering that it's, you know, what's going on. I, I look at the top and it says DNA relatives. So I click on it. And all of a sudden, the first, you know, I'm expecting to see some of my mom's side. Um, and all of a sudden at the top, there's someone, boom, half sister. I don't know this person. I have no idea who the heck this person is. So all of a sudden I'm like, this is weird. All right. Something's wrong. As every person who took a 23andMe or an Ancestry or whatever and got the results they didn't expect, I assumed something was wrong with 23andMe. So I pick up the phone. I call my mom. I said, hey, remember I did that DNA test? I said, you know, I said, dad's crazy. He's running around telling everyone he's from Eastern Europe. I said, the guy's from Italy. He's from Italy. Silence. Then I hear, I told you not to do that. I said to her, what do you mean you told me not to do it? Is there something you want to tell me? And boom. She didn't hold back. She told the truth. She had had an affair when she was younger. They had recently, you know, she felt that she was being ignored by my father. She had a young baby at home. She was, it was a weak, in, in her eyes, in her words, it was a weak moment in their, uh, in her life. Now, as with anyone else who has some this sort of discovery, the, the shock, it, it's so hard to describe. It's, Almost like a emptiness, but as also kind of like a weird numbness that comes over your body at that time. And so I said, okay, I got to call you back. I hang up. I, 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 no, sorry. I said to her, well, who was it? And she told me the name. I said, well, is this person my father? She goes, no, 99% you're Father, your birth certificate father, is your father. 99%. I, I, it doesn't add up. The timing doesn't add up. So in a way, she kind of doubled down on the lie a bit. But I said, okay, I'm going to believe her for that second. I said, okay, I need, I need to go. I hung up the phone. I go back to the DNA relative section, and I see the last name of the half-sister. And it's the last name of the person that my mother said. Mm. So right there, I knew my father, who I grew up with, who I always was striving to have there, his attention, always wanting his approval, um, who shaped a lot of who I am with his work ethic, etc., cetera, uh, is not my father. And I, I have a half sister out there and I have possibly a father out there and I'm Italian now. 
like literally, you know, like I said, I grew up Jewish, right? As I, as I grew up and in my twenties, I actually went into yeshiva to become a rabbi and I didn't finish, but I was extremely deep in the religion and in our culture to this day. I'm still deep in it. Yes. Um, but you know, to find out that you don't have a single genetic connection oh. to Judaism, to Ashkenazi Judaism, to Eastern Europe, to you know all those things that have always been so dear and close to to our community, um, it was shocking. Now, I'm not someone who sits and waits. I have very little patience for things, <laughs> so. You know, I start, I start obviously doing a bit of a, a Google search. Um, as I'm doing it, I get a message through 23andMe. This is all within, you know, minutes of opening the email. I get a message on 23andMe from a first cousin. Let's call her Linda. Okay. So I get a message from Linda. Hey, it shows me as your first cousin. Who are you? I look at my wife. My wife looks at me. And I said to her, I said, I mean, I'm going to respond. So I respond saying, you know, up until about 20 minutes ago, I thought I knew, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and this is a, a, a big shock to me. I really do not know what to make of this information that I've just opened in my email. Um, but thanks for reaching out. Uh, would love to know more. Um. At this point in time, she responded within seconds uh, saying, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. You probably should touch base with, let's say, let's call her Jessica uh, as a half, the half sister. I'm just using I'm using different names just because I want to protect or, or save any uh, heartache for anybody down the road. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what will end up happening. So I just want to save it. Yeah. Um She's like, so you should probably reach out to Jessica because it's showing you as her half-brother. And I said, well, do you know Jessica? Uh, have you, I mean, like, have, can, have you told her yet? And she responded saying, no, I haven't told her. We haven't talked in a – we haven't spoken in a while. So I look at my wife and I'm like, what do I do? And she's like, just take a minute, breathe. And five minutes later, so I'm taking a minute, I'm breathing, I'm going, I sit with the kids, I'm trying to play on the iPad, but my mind is totally in this. And all of a sudden, I get a ding on my phone. I'm like, oh, what now, right? Thinking, you know, it's work or someone, you know, one of my customers I'm working with. And it's, boom, uh, Jessica wants to connect on mm. uh, through, through 23andMe, message that this person asked to connect. So, you know, I think 23andMe definitely sent out that email at the exact time to all of us, wow. <laughs> you know, uh, or the timing just lined up. But every everything kind of just came to a head right there. Now, my wife uh, said to me, she goes, maybe just, maybe just shelve this for a month or two, let it sink in. Um, I'm not that guy, as I said. I literally, you know, at that time, I, I imagine I'm at a – a platform and the train is starting to move and my identity is on that train and I don't want it to leave because I don't know when it will come again. 
So I grab, I go and I jump on the train. Right. So that's the way I, that's the analogy I looked at and I used when, you know, justifying what I did when I did. And I literally responded right away. I copied and pasted the message I sent to Linda. I copied and pasted it. I edited it a little bit and I sent it. Um, I, I approved the connection and I sent it to Jessica. Uh, pretty much saying, I thought I knew who I was. This is a shock to me. And then silence for about uh, two hours. Now, silence for two hours for some people sounds like an amazing opportunity to have self-reflection, to breathe, to <laughs> meditate. For someone, an NPE or MPE who just finds out this sort of information, two hours is literally like swallowing razor blades. It is <laughs> so hard to sit there and especially someone like me i can't sit still <laughs> so i went outside i tried to play hockey with the kids <laughs> my son i was the goalie would shoot it i wouldn't move <laughs> he would say stop it stop the stop the ball i'm like what oh yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> like i would i was in a different world right and then ding message from jessica Oh my gosh, this is crazy. Are you comfortable to have a call? And I got excited because, wow, not only this person wanted to connect, when I sent a message, they now said they want to talk on the phone. Great. Like, this is exciting. People, you know, it's, it's a good response. So I, I reply, 100% what's your phone number? My wife says, you know, you should have played a little bit harder to get, <laughs> you know, you should have done a, da a little bit of a dance here. I, I said, I don't want to dance. I love family. Mm -hmm. I, I've always, you know, in my family, I've always been the one like the protector of my brother at school. I've always been the one like who feels like that he has to always stand up for the family. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the opportunity to have more family for me is exciting. Yeah. Um, and especially family, like, you know, she's a little bit younger than me. I'm an older brother. I've never really, I mean, I've kind of been an older brother to like half siblings or, uh, you know, from my, my mother's second marriage. But like something was different about this. So I, I two seconds later, she sent me her number. So obviously, you know, there's a good back and forth. So I pick up the phone. I call Lily. I have never in my life connected with someone the way I connected with her in that phone conversation. My wife was sitting outside the room listening because I wanted her to listen. Cause I said, you're going to have to remind me what the heck we talk about. Cause I'm like, I'm in a total zone here mm -hmm. and we just connected in a way that I was, I, I mean, even my wife was like, that was the most beautiful thing to witness. We were talking, we had the same beliefs and we have the same understandings and it's, it, she cares about environment. I care about environment. She cares about nonprofits. I care about nonprofits. We care about people. We, uh, we have the same stomach issue. I always thought I had this Jewish stomach and it turns out it's actually something that they have, right? And not only do they have it, she's on the exact same medication at the exact same dosage I'm on, right? So like it's there was just so much synergy in this conversation. And I found that I was speaking to my other half, the energy, the engagement, the excitement. Um, 
it just, it all was really something like out of this world. And she said like, you know, he's alive there. You know, your father's alive. Um, I see him every day. He is healthy. Uh, he is the sweetest man in the world. Oh, when he finds out about you, he'll want to, you know, he'll want you to move in with him. Right. And you have a, we have a brother, you have a brother as well, uh, who is, would be considered the youngest of the three. Like, so me, her and him. So he would be the youngest. You have a brother and, you know, he's in the family. He's, you know, started his own thing in the family business with, with, you know, dad. And I was like, wow, like this is unreal. And she's like, he's, you know, he may have a little bit of trouble with it, but he'll come around. Like he'll be excited too. Oh my gosh. I got to call and tell him. I said, go ahead go call and tell. We hang, we made a plan to talk, you know, in a day or so. Hang up the phone. Lily, I crashed. I fell asleep for an hour on the floor. Mm-hmm. It was so emotionally, uh, such an emotional roller coaster over a few hours yes. that like I literally just crashed on the floor. Yep. Um, a couple days go by. We connect again. Her and I are texting. Um, we call. Like I was, I mean, also remember I'm home. So I'm not working. Like this is like this is literally monopolizing my mind. So I'm not. I can't be distracted with anything else. God forbid I should be distracted teaching my kids something. No, this is more important. And so I, I and meanwhile I'm also you know grappling with the identity, right? My Jewish identity, uh, it, with all this newfound information. So I'm consulting with you know close friends of mine who are rabbis um, and. You know, getting their perspective and, you know, they are, it was amazing to hear their perspective and what they thought and how, you know, they, they explained how my identity in their eyes, it was a really, it was a really amazing few days. And, you know, her and I are connecting. And so we start, we, you know, for a week, we started kind of having like a, a weekly connection or a couple times a week, or I would send some pictures of the kids. When... After a while, I started realizing, like, I'm not talking about the father, Frank. I'm going to use the name Frank. She's not talking about Frank, right? She's not engaged. She's not really telling me that she told him or anything like that. And she's not talking about the brother. Let's call him Ben, right? So she's not talking about any of them. She's just talking about us, which is totally fine, by the way. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it's, it's great. We were connecting on a different level and uh, just overall, it was like every day I would look forward to the conversation. My wife says it's, it was, it's like the two of you are teenagers in love. The amount that you guys want to talk and connect and text with each other and send pictures, et cetera. Um, but I started realizing like, you know, I'm, I'm just not really telling me anything about like, you know, how, how the conversation went with Frank. What did, how was, what was Ben's reaction? Ben is engaged. What does his fiance think? Like, are you telling people? And so being in the dark here, you know, I started kind of asking those questions saying, Hey, have you told him? No, I haven't told him yet. Uh, Have, what does Ben think? He's having a little bit of a hard time with it. Right. She was really doing her best to shield me. Mm from, I believe, the, the rejection of them. Uh, after about a month or two, 
I just wasn't, she, you know, I wasn't really getting the answers. So I said, you know what? I went onto the NPE uh, Facebook groups and I asked for advice. And, you know, everyone on there was saying, you know, it's great that you're talking with your sister, but the same day, the same thing, like, you know, she may just be totally blocking and protecting. You're, you need to engage the father, right? It's your father. You need to engage him, engage him. Yeah. So I said, you know what? You're right. And I know that the father and brother work together. So I said, you know, I'm going to write a very nice letter introducing myself, right? Put some pictures of me for, as a baby, uh, high school, et cetera, right? And, and send it. Now, during this time, I also found out from Jessica that, remember that, that, that cousin? Mm-hmm. Well, the cousin's father, you know, so my uncle. Yeah. And my father, Frank, they don't speak to each other. They haven't for almost 20 years. Supposedly there was a lawsuit, big fight in the family, right? So I kept the cousin at an arm's length at the request of Jessica, right? I didn't yeah. engage her too much, et cetera, uh, because, you know, I felt it's probably not good. And when I asked Jessica, she said, like, you know, oh, just leave. Let's keep it with us. Don't include them yet right now, which I respected, right? Because I didn't want to cause um, any issue with the family. I actually even sent a message to the cousin saying, uh, I'm going to go forward with Jessica right now. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. We'll connect soon, right? And so I kind of left it there. And cousin, super respectful, was was willing to help. Very nice, very nice uh, person. Um, so eventually, uh, you know, I've already I've sent my letters. And I then said, start, you know, I, you know, they take time to get there, especially from Canada. And so I said to Jessica, I, I started pushing her a little bit. And I sent both the letters to the work where they work. They own a, they own a store there. Uh, and so I sent both those letters to the work, registered mail. And from the time I sent it to the time they got it, which was about a week, in that time, uh, Jessica and I had a conversation where she pretty much says they know about you and they don't want any, they don't want anything to do with you. So, okay. I understand at this time, you know, it's maybe not the right time for them, whatever. Then the letters arrive. <laughs> and once the letters arrive, you know, I mean, at this point in time, I got confirmation. They've arrived. They've been signed for Frank signed for it. Um, at this time, Jessica respond, all of a sudden comes out of nowhere and says, what are you doing? Why are you sending that? He got the letter. He's very upset. You shouldn't be, you said you were trying, didn't want to offend or upset anyone. You grew up with your father. We've grown up with ours. It's, you know, uh, it's nothing personal, you know, stop the outreach. Mm. Right. Wow. Which, you know, it's, it's hard to hear, but you know, at this, and, and, and during this time, sorry, I'm f- jumping around a bit, but during this time, you know, the first cousin asked to add me on Facebook. Right. Uh, so I add them. Right. And the sister and I have connected on Instagram as friends and like, it's just, everything's kind of really sporadic and happening, you know, and shooting from the hip. Um, 
And so I responded to her. I said, listen, I, first I tried calling her twice. She didn't answer. And I responded to her. I said, listen, there's no handbook here, right? There's no uh, follow these steps for a successful interaction or, or whatever. Yep. I said, you know, I found out that I have fa- more family. I just want to know know you guys, understand the health, health any health stuff, um, you know, whatever. And that was it. It was like a, it was as if there was a complete shutdown from, from Jessica, Ben and Frank. Um, first of all, Ben has never to this day, and now we're a year, almost a year and a half into it. Ben has never acknowledged my existence. Uh, what I mean by that is I think one time I tried to add him as a friend on Facebook and like ignored it. I sent, uh, a message one time to him on Facebook when I tried to add him, just introducing myself. Um, Frank, uh, on his birthday, I call and I leave a message. Do I have the right number? I don't know. No idea. Right? Like it's a it's a machine answering machine. So I don't know if he if he gets it or not. But I do it for I do it mostly for myself as well. Yeah. Um. But the real loss for me here has been this sister. That we had such a connection. Now, I know that she's also in a really tight position, right? She's in a very compromised position because, you know, once, since all this happened, since the, the wall went up, she had periodically sent out a message here or there saying, like, I'm super proud to have you as a brother, right? Like, it's great to know, it's great to know that, that there's an openness. It's not something that's very common in my family. You know, once I, 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 maybe once every like three or four months, I might get a signal, right? That she wants to connect, right? Um, At a certain point, I went through a stage where I'm like, you know what? I need to disconnect from them. And I sent her a message, you know, pretty much saying like, I need to like remove you from Instagram. I need to remove it because, you know, it hurts me to see that I have a sister out there who I can't even engage with. I can't have a relationship with. And I'm watching, you know, I see all these things through social media. It's, you know, I need to kind of close that off because it was too hard for me at that time. Um, And ever since then, I feel like she's, you know, gotten, I haven't heard anything since. Right. So she's respected it in a way. Um, now, mind you, I've given in and sent messages since <laughs> because, you know, we are who we are. Yeah. Um, but she has not responded. You know, I. And the last thing she said to me is, you know. In a, in a message, um, you know, I'm in a very I'm in a very conflicted position here. Right. So I believe that she really wants a relationship with me. Oh, yeah. But I also believe her father and her brother, which she works with somewhat, um, but is only, is her only family there, have said, no, this is not going to happen. Um, now, after seeing that, after getting the response from her, where it's just been total blackout. Um, and, and saying like, you know, you had your family, we have ours at this point in time, I said, you know what, I'm going to allow myself to have a relationship with my first cousin. 
right? And my uncle, if they want. And anyone else, any other cousins, yep. right? That are interested in, in having a relationship with me. Because the truth of the matter is, is that the news is already out, right? Mm-hmm. The cat's out of the bag. And you could take my letters and put it in a drawer, but you can't take me and put it in a drawer. So I'm, you know, and in my letter, I said, I said, I will never, I'm, I'm writing this letter not to apologize for my existence, but to acknowledge and apologize that my existence causes you hurt, pain, or anxiety, or stress. And, you know, that makes me sad knowing that by, by just being born, it, it, it now, 40 years later, has caused these people to take such a position that, you know, it's, it's turning their their life or their family life upside down. I, I don't want that for anybody. And I feel bad that it happened for them. But at the same time, it's also happened to me. My ha- my brother, who I grew up with, who now is technically my half-brother, without me knowing, two weeks after I did my 23andMe, calls me and says, what did your... DNA test say again. You said you were doing one. What did it say? I said, oh, I don't know. I, I haven't looked at it yet. Because, you know, I was not in a place where I was ready to, you know, come out and explain what the heck's going on. Because I still didn't even know what was going on. And he said, well, they did say 50% Ashkenazi Jew. And I said, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it had something like that. I don't know. I have to go back and look at it. I'll let you know. And then he said to me, Mendy. I don't know what it is, but I took, I did a 23 and me as a, you know, my wife and I both did it and we got our results and it shows you as my half brother. Is it you or is it me? And my jaw hit the floor. I said, it's me. I just found out and I have no idea what the heck I'm going to do is going on. He said to me, I don't care what it says, you're still my brother. And, you know, that's something that's really, you know, it's a crapshoot if you're going to get that kind of response from, you know, your, what's called, you know, your your birth family or your birth, sorry, your, you know, the family you grew up with. Um, You're not sure you're going to get that. And you're not sure you're going to get, you know, a mother who's going to come out and say, you know, I'm sorry for what I did and what it's caused you. And giving the, um, you know, coming out right away when I, when I challenge and say, hey, is there something you want to tell me? So I recognize that I've been very fortunate with that. Um, I still think there's more to the story for me. Uh, I believe that eventually they will come around. Now, from what I understand from conversations with the the other part of the family, they're very stubborn. It's a very stubborn family. He's himself very stubborn and um, that, you know, he'll throw it in a drawer and never, never look at it again. Now I can understand how maybe that he would do that with a brother that he's having a financial argument with or, a person, a friend that they grew up with, 
that wronged him or he wronged. I, as a father of two kids right now, I can't imagine a father doing that, knowing that there's a, knowing that they have a child, right? I just have a hard time wrapping my head around it. And one of the, you know, when we all find these things out, we start Googling and, and you know, everything else, Facebooking, trying to figure out what the heck's going on and what this NPE or MPE is. What is it? We don't get it. Um, you know, and I came across a YouTube of a girl who found out, uh, found her father. And this man's outlook in this video is one I wish for every MPE, MPE that is out there. The guy opened up his arms and just embraced his, his reality. This is, this is his reality. And I really was hoping and wishing that that would happen, that, you, you know, that, that this, that a bad scenario is an exception to the rule and a good scenario is the rule that these people who find out that they, you know, something they did 40 years ago, which could have been very, a, a wrong scenario, an affair could have been a one night stand, whatever, you know, it could have been a lot of worse things, but that they acknowledge and recognize what has come from it because what has come from it are human beings with feelings, with emotions, with outlooks, with um, traits that are similar to yours and being open to that and engaging that I think is like something that every single one of these people should at least consider. Um, now, mind you, there are lots of other stories and every, every story is unique in its own way. The Frank wasn't married at the time. Um, I believe at the time, from what I've been able to ascertain, he was dating the woman who later became his wife and the parent of Jessica and Ben. But they weren't married at the time. And from what I understand, their marriage fell apart after 12 years because of infidelity by him. <laughs> right. Um, and that he was quite a womanizer. Well, you know, so I guess the, the two fathers had something in common. Um, and he, I, I don't know if, if this whole blocking is being run by, by Ben because, you know, he is the only son in the family business, right? So now there's another son who happens to be the oldest, right? Like, I don't know if that's a factor. Um, if, if Frank has full out said, no, I want nothing to do with it. I want you guys to have nothing to do with it. If the ex-wife of Frank, who is their mother, who from what I have been able to ascertain, is still quite involved. Uh, they're all quite involved in raising the children. If if she has said, don't you dare let him in. I don't know. Because these people aren't speaking. <laughs> and that's, that's something that is like so hard to wrap our head around. We're left as NPEs. We're left trying to 
figure out with no information what the heck is going on. And that is a very, very difficult scenario for anyone to be in. And, you know, especially someone else who just went through a trauma of finding out who that their identity is totally different than what they expected or thought it was. I think that, I think that there's more to it for us as a family. Um, I do believe that Jessica wants a relationship, uh, uh, but I believe she's being either blocked or is, you know, trying to weigh the, the pros and cons of it. And I've also acknowledged to her that, you know, I am, I want a relationship, but it's difficult for me when, you know, in such a scenario. So that's kind of the nuts and bolts of the story. Um, until we do our thing, until we do our surprise. (laughs) Mindy, I had no idea you had lost your great connection with your half sister. I'm terribly sorry. I mean, I'd known that you had been had rejection from your half brother and father and biological father, but I'm sorry. I didn't realize you had briefly had this beautiful relationship and then nothing right now. And, and on top of it. So there's, there's that loss, right? And three months after finding out my finding out about the DNA, my birth certificate father passed away. So on top of, on top of the rejection from Frank, and Ben and Jessica, I, I mourn. I was going through the loss of my father, and now it's been about a year since his since he's passed. Um, but pretty much, at as soon as he passed, it became a complete separation. I think that they thought that once he was gone, my father, that I would really make a a, a big um, outreach. And the truth is, is that I might have, but I literally was, was going through multiple steps of, of mourning. Wow. Right. So it's been, it's been a very, it's been a very difficult COVID for a lot of people. Um, Mine just has a a, a different and unique dynamic to it. Um, But in the end, I'm still grateful. If, if that tube was in front of me right now, I would spin it again Yep. because this is who I am and I will embrace it. I will. And I really hope that they will embrace it too, because, you know, we have only a short, we have short lives and COVID has proven to a lot of us that in some cases it's shorter than we expect. And we have to live our life to the fullest as soon as possible and every day. And to, to love and to be loved and to be around those who want to be around us and engage them and, and have conversation. I mean, I think we've all missed out on that on a personal in-person level. Um, and now to, you know, it's, it sucks to lose it on a, on a virtual level <laughs> during, during this time. But I think that there's a lot here that a lot of lessons for us um, and, I just know that this is my journey and I'm still on it. I'm engaging it. I love it because I'm also learning more about uh, Italian culture and, and uh, geography of Italy. And, you know, uh, my family this weekend, we went to a famous Italian cafe in Mm. the city I live in. Um, And 
you know, it was just for us something really special. And for us, I mean, my wife and I, the kids don't know the story. They're still mm-hmm. too young. Um, and I don't know if they, they will until they're old enough to really comprehend it. Because I've also been very mindful of the fact that, you know, I do love my mother. I forgive her. Mm-hmm. Um, she was young and stupid. We've all been young and stupid. I wouldn't be surprised, Lily, if I get a phone call <laughs> in the next 10 years <laughs> from some kid who I, in the, the, the city I went to college, right? Because, you know, it just, this is life. And, you know, we can, we can fight it or we can embrace it. And I just find that embracing it, we're just, we're going to, and we're going to enjoy it more. That's all. And so I really, I really hope that the, my family, I, my biological family, you know, does come around to this understanding in time, but until they do, I'm, I'm with my family, my kids, my wife, my, my support. And, you know, we're creating our memories and I really wish that they would be part of those memories. But I also, you know, you can't force someone to want to have a relationship. Right. Mendy, if, if people would like to get in touch with you, could they do that? Yeah, of course. They can email me at uh, mrjutalian at gmail.com. So it's M-R-J-E-W-T-A-L-I-A-N at gmail.com. <laughs> I love that. I told you, I'm, I'm embracing it. I'm embracing yeah. it. <laughs> the, amount of, the amount of people, by the way, growing up, everyone would say to me, are you sure you're Jewish? You, you, you look Italian. And I would say to them, well, what does either look like? <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and now I actually, you know, told this story to one of my very, very close friends the other day. And he says, you know, Mike, that explains so much about, <laughs> because I guess I speak a lot with my hands and I'm very loud mm-hmm. and I'm very, you know, so I have a lot of those stereotypical, but it could go both ways because both cultures are quite close and similar. So mm-hmm. um, it's really, it, I, I, I feel like I've gotten the best of both. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have. <laughs> thank thank you. Thank you for taking time out today for for sharing this with me. I'm I can't wait to edit this and and put this one and publish this one. I really enjoyed this. So thank you very much. These stories are here for us to identify with. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, email npestories at gmail.com. You do not have to give any identifying information. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, I'd like to hear from you. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more. Come heal with us.